she's ten feet tall And if you go chasing rabbits And you know you're going to fall Tell them a hookah smoking caterpillar Has given you the call He called Alice When she was just small Welcome <clears throat> to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I guess music edition. Um, that, of course, is Grace Slick. Grace Slick today is 83 years old. They were one of the first bands to break within that San Francisco sound. Big Brother and the Holding Company broke later. Of course, Janis Joplin was the voice. With, Je with Jefferson Airplane, you had two voices. You had Marty Ballin, who died in 2018, and you had Grace Slick. And Grace Slick was from had another band, so she took the two songs that she had written with that other band, White Rabbit, which you just heard, and of, of vocals only because for copyright, I don't want her to come after me because I actually enjoy her. And the other was... Somebody love every everyone knows that song. Those are staples of the '60s, as I've said multiple times on this film podcast and music podcast. I was not even a thought in the '60s. In fact, let's see, I wasn't born until 1980, so I was not even a thought. But I would hear the music and I would hear the stories about the '60s. Many people romantic romanticize about that you know oh i'd love to be in the 60s uh now that we know what we know no because you had riots you had race riots you had the draft and and if you didn't go through with the draft you were a draft dodger so i would not like to go back into time but the music the music is timeless the music really colors that whole era and yes, Jefferson Airplane, Flower Power, Flower Children, Hippies. I'm in California. Trust me, I know about the Flower Children and the Hippies. Um, I've been to San Francisco multiple times. I've even been to Haight-Ashbury. Haight-Ashbury, in fact, I haven't been there in a while because if I remember with Haight-Ashbury, you have to go up a hill and it's kind of scary. So make sure that you have an automatic car because you got to go up that fucking hill to get to Hain ashbury And half the time in San Francisco, it's foggy. It's wet. Sounds like a picnic. Um, but they were the first band to break uh, Jefferson Airplane and that whole um, psychedelic sound. Oh, yes. In fact, White Rabbit at that time was one of the first major drug songs. If, you li if you've ever listened to the lyrics, and even Grace Slick talked about this, one pill makes you smaller, one makes you grow tall, and the ones that mother gives you, she's talking about the pharmaceutical drugs that mother gives you, don't do anything at all. If you've, you know... And then goes into the mushrooms. We knew about the mushrooms, the psychedelics. Yes, 
Yes. The marijuana. It, it's all in, in the song. The acid. She was born Grace Barnett Wing in Highland Park, Illinois on October 30th, 1939. Um, she's known as Gracie, the acid queen, the chrome nun. All right. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. She retired from singing in 1990. Uh, only a couple of times has she come back out to sing. Of course, Jefferson Airplane became Jefferson Starship and Starship, which she later hated. I mean, you know, she was like, I, I mean, I'm going to find the interview footage because I, I really enjoy her kind of honesty. And went to Finch College. So she went to Finch Finch College, the same college as Trisha Nixon, and was subsequently invited to a tea held by Pat and Trisha Nixon. And was going to go because she said, and I quote, she was going to put acid in Nixon's tea. I don't think that would have been the first time he's ever done acid because I think Nick Nixon was one of those. He was a, he was a nut. He was a nutcase. But the whole story of the sixties and those who, you know, I mean, they played Woodstock. Woodstock was, was a, a killer because you either made it or you were forever labeled a Woodstock band or a relic from Woodstock. But Grace Slick, you know, you had Janis Joplin and then you had Grace Slick. And Janis was very fun and um, free reeling. And Grace was the complete opposite. Grace was, if if you've ever seen footage of her singing White Rabbit, and she sings it in a very militant tone as she does the song. So it was very front and center. In fact, on American Bandstand, when Jefferson Airplane performed, she wore a nun's habit, which I thought was funny. Um, Here's Grace Slick in her own words in 2009, I believe. We're not going to play the music. Hi there, folks. It just fell out because I'm old. Always a rock star. I don't like it at all, but there isn't anything you can do about it, is there? At 70 years old. Your spirit and your wisdom, all that stuff gets better. But you are falling apart uh, physically. Grace Slick isn't the sex symbol she used to be. When you're old, you should be heard and not seen. When you're young, you should be seen and not heard. Because you're kind of dumb when you're young because you don't know anything. She has no illusions that her days of sex, drugs, and rock and roll... How I looked was all manufactured by me. ...are long gone. When you look at somebody, you either want them for sex, you think maybe they can do something for you financially, you think maybe they can do something for your career. You said old people can't do anything for you. So now, off the stage and in her Malibu home... Create yourself. You can be anything you want. The rock legend has reinvented herself. I don't have to look good. I draw. This looks like a bunch of different people drew this stuff. Because I draw, I don't have a style. It's a series of pictures that I did when I was upset. My daughter was mad at me. Turning her life into art. I came out of the 50s, very straight. 
and you go into the 60s, and it's nuts. It's like falling into Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> and there and there comes uh, White Rabbit. That That's such a great cue. Um, here we go. She follows him and it gets nuts. And I had the same life. The friends she lost to the 60s. This image is called Wood Nymph, I think. And uh, I saw more of that. The kind of sprite, uh, little sprite, little devilish uh, kind of person. The sacrifice to Morpheus. That is a picture of Jim Morrison. Uh, dark, very dark. Uh, because he did have a dark side. Now alive in acrylic he's very bright he was interested in what you said he'd listen when you talk and the concerts the world will never forget oh monterey yeah because that that was the best of all those festivals it was as, as exciting for us as it was i think for the audience are selling in galleries around the country you know i draw this stuff and sometimes they like it but you won't find woodstock half a million people that doesn't mean it was good it just means it was big on Gray Slick's palette. We were supposed to go on at 9 o'clock at night. Didn't go on till 6 o'clock in the morning. Stayed on stage all night, no bathroom. And taking lots of drugs. I was surprised we were able to perform at all. Even now, four decades after the summer of love, she doesn't romanticize Woodstock's message. Crosby, Stills, Nash is, we are stardust, we are golden, and we gotta get ourselves back to the garden and half a million strong and blah, blah, blah. What overrides all of that is that we have nervous systems that are Cro-Magnon. There's always a lion at the door. We better prepare. We better bomb somebody, you know. Massive brains and a nervous system of a rabbit. In 1969, she never burned a bra. No. You don't burn bras. If you want to be a lawyer, you ought to be in law school. And you have too much homework to go out and burn bras. And even now, looking back, her early days with Jefferson Airplane were some of the best years of her life, but she doesn't miss singing for Starship. We built this city on rock and roll, and I thought it was awful. I don't like nothing's going to stop us now, because I can stop you with a big truck. Uh, uh, we're going to be together forever. Oh, come on, please. 12 years sober and 70, Grace Slick is more herself than she's ever been. Sure, go ahead. Have plastic surgery. Have your stomach sucked out. Have your hair dyed. Do whatever you need to do. It's just some meat. Inside, you is still the same. Once a rock star. Some of this uh, can't be filmed, actually. But yeah. you're seeing me doing it anyway. Oh, wait. A rock star. <laughs> That's why I wanted to highlight Grace Slick. She was one of the great rebels of the music industry. And to see her do an interview is a treat. It is a treat. <laughs> because a lot of what she says is true. If you've lived it and you've eaten it and you've smoked it and you fucked it, that's really the 60s. <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't there. But she was. I've read her book. Her book is fascinating. Um, so finally, Jefferson Airplane got their star on the Walk of Fame. 
kind of too little too late. But I want to, you know, play that clip because Grace Slick really, she knows how to run with it. She knows how to run with it and knows her audience. And it was just hilarious. If I can find it, her speech. Ah, here we go. It turns out that I did have the right voice for rock and roll. It's very loud, and <laughs> I didn't have any trouble singing over people. The audience could talk all they want. <laughs> but I've got to say I want to give thanks to a friend of mine. She doesn't want me to mention her name, so I won't. Who at, Literally, I wouldn't be here today. A couple months ago, she saved my life. I went into septic shock, and uh, she uh, literally saved my life, hauled me off to St. John's, and God bless her. Um, this hat belonged to Paul Kantner, so at least his DNA is here today. Yeah. You know, yeah. If it was law and order, they could scrape it to find out whether or not he'd killed anybody or anything. The, thi the thing um, that I wanted to bring up that I liked about uh, Jefferson Airplane, very often it's what tears man's apart. And it might have done that to us after a while, too. But I liked the smorgasbord effect. Um, I'm Norwegian, so we like buffets and smorgasbords. Jack and Yorma didn't sound anything like Paul. Paul didn't, Paul's songs didn't sound anything like mine. Mine didn't sound like Marty's. So you got this long board of stuff, and it's all different. And I love that. I don't, like right now I paint. I don't, and it's all different. I don't have a style. It's, I love that. And that's what I liked about this band. And I was sort of sorry that that, is partially what broke it up for a while. But we got back together. You can't, you can't tear that apart. That's too tight of a union to uh, rip apart, I think, anyway. And I want to thank all the people who made this possible. There's one sitting right there. He's very short. You, won't, you, you can't miss him. He's the shortest guy here. <laughs> and... and uh, Jack and Yorma, thank them. Thank Spencer Dryden, who's not here, Paul Kantner, and Marty Ballin. Marty didn't want some other singer coming on, but he did pretty well with not punching me in the face, you know. <laughs> None of the guys I sang with ever wanted uh, anybody else to have, but they, they were accommodating. Uh, th this is kind of silly in the face of what's going on in the world, okay? There are much more important things going on. But I still love it. Thank you. Here's my girl. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
I am one lucky bitch. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Is Jack and Yorma are actual, what I call, real musicians. I'm a screw-off who got lucky. Now, my mother was a singer, so I went to see Jefferson Airplane play in a little club called The Matrix in San Francisco. And I looked up there, you know, the idiocy of youth, and I thought, oh, that's way more fun than I'm having right now. I think I can do that. So I uh, formed a band with my husband at the time, his brother, who wrote Somebody to Love. And so I don't want to re... I just wanted to capture that moment where she's like, she said, I'm one lucky bitch. And she is. Oh, my God, these songs. Um, the 1967... I can't even say it. I can't even say it. Yeah, maybe I'm having a mini stroke. I don't know. I'm not. Don't. I'm just kidding. They do run in the family. Surrealistic pillow. Surrealistic pillow. The 1967, you know, White Rabbit, somebody to love. Um, just a just a legendary band. <laughs> Their legacy. I mean. Slick, famous as a rock and roll singer, was one of the earliest female rock stars, alongside her close contemporary, Janis Joplin, and was an important figure in the development of rock music in the late 1960s. Her distinctive voice and striking stage presence, oh, it was striking, exerted influence on the other female performers, including Stevie Nicks, Patti Smith, Tara Nunn of Berlin, oh, in 1993, she narrated the Stephen King short sh short story, You Know They Got a Hell of a Band, on his Nightmares and Dreamscapes audiobook. She is ranked number 20 on VH1's 100 Greatest Women of Rock and Roll. Oh, this is this is this is the fun part. This is um where the po politics of the 60s and now collide. <clears throat> in 2017, Grace Slick licensed the Starship song Nothing's Gonna Stop Us to Chick-fil-A to use in a TV commercial, but because she disagrees with Chick-fil-A's corporate views on same-sex marriage, she gave all of the proceeds of the deal to Lambada Legal, an organization that works to advance the civil rights of LBGTQ people and everyone living with HIV. So when I told people that, because a lot of you out there love Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A, I don't know if they still are anti-LGBTQ, probably. Remember, remember 10 years ago how all those idiots like Sarah Palin all went to Chick-fil-A because they thought they were making a political statement? Because with them, it's all about Jesus and all that other bullshit. Um, so, and and I know a lot of people who like to go to Chick-fil-A. And um, I went there once and I was so overwhelmed because they just kept telling me, well, what kind of sauce do you want? I said, I just want barbecue. Well, there's the Polynesian and I'm thinking, what? 
And then I remember I ate the chicken and I said to my friend, I have a lot of friends who are from the South. And I said that chicken is too danky. And they said, you sounded so Southern. I said, well, my grandfather was from Kentucky. Um, I prefer Popeye's. If I want some fucking chicken, I go to Popeye's. It's perfect. It fits in your hand, whatever. I feel that Chick-fil-A is so, um, it's trendy. So many of you are trendy. Yes, we do podcasts. Podcasts are so trendy. But mine is not trendy because I don't talk about true crime. I could give a flying fuck about true crime. Um, but I talk about films and I talk, talk about experimental films and European films and musicians like Miss Grace Slick. And so I love that. I love that 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 really is the spirit of the 60s is hell no, we won't go. But in this case, she gives she gives Chick-fil-A license to use her song and then at the same time says, oh, fuck you. I don't like your politics. Let me give the money that I'm making from this commercial over to LGBTQ um, civil rights right there. So it is a big slap in the wonderful, you know, it's the it's us, the liberals slapping the conservatives faces, you know, because half the time they're in the bathroom stalls doing the foot tapping. Trust me. Um, I know I, I sound a little frisky because when you're talking about someone from the 60s and she talked about she didn't burn a bra because you needed a bra. OK. But in terms of what they did as musicians, okay, she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1996. She didn't show up. Who cares? But I wanted to talk about her because she's fun. She is fun to really look at those songs from the 60s. The two staples were done by Jefferson Airplane. Somebody to Love, and White Rabbit. And I have friends who still to this day try to analyze White Rabbit. And I'm like, okay, well, do you, you know it's about drugs. Of course it's about drugs. Duh. What do you think Alice in Wonderland is about? Drugs. Okay. Because back then you couldn't, you know, that I've talked about this before. The wonderful thing about music is, unlike film, you have these double meanings, double entendres, okay? And Grace Slick and Jefferson Airplane were really good at that. They also had a really great song called Today. And then She Drives Cars, I think that it was called. My my complaint was is that Grace never really got vocals on all of the songs. You could hear her in the background, but in terms of the lead, okay? It wasn't until the 80s, I think. They gave that to her. But um, I I think she is riveting to watch in interviews because she's, she's there. She's there, okay? And if you want to see the uh, true core values of the 60s and of the hippies and of the flower children and of that wonderful San Francisco sound, then you have to look to Grace Slick and members of the Grateful Dead, who were all in it. They weren't just in it. They were drinking it, and they were smoking it, and they were fucking each other. That's the 60s, really. That's the 60s. 
and a lot of that sentiment is still kind of alive, you know, the music, not so much. Um, last night I came uh, home from seeing Chelsea Handler. I already did a show about that. And I turned on Saturday Night Live and there's Jack Harlow. And I didn't get it. Kind of looks like a mutation of uh, Vanilla Ice. Okay. Um, and, you know, the old soul in me just goes back to Jefferson Airplane. It's like, you know, if the music of today sucks, which it does, very, very few of it can I stomach. Um, you go back to Jefferson Airplane. You go back to uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company and uh, The Doors. I'm not mentioning The Beatles because everybody listened to The Beatles. The same with The Stones. Everybody listens to the Beatles and the Stones. Okay? But when you become an individual, that's when you bring out the doors. And then you're like, oh my God. That really was my reaction the first time I heard the doors. And I was a teenager. You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, your parents sing those Beatles songs to you. You know, Yellow Submarine and Help. And then you hear the doors and it's like, oh, shit. For me, it was Spanish Caravan. And he's talking about, take me, oh, take me to Portugal, take me to Spain. And I went, all righty, all righty. And the same with uh, Jefferson Airplane. You know, the first time you hear White Rabbit. I think the first time I heard White Rabbit, I think it was on The Simpsons. And I think I asked one of my parents, so well, what's that? Oh, that's from the 60s. I went, oh. Oh, you were alive in the 60s. Okay. And then and then you watch these documentaries on the 60s. And they're all playing in San Francisco really loudly. Somebody love and white rabbit. Really to counterattack with the establishment. That was the thing about these bands and about Grace Slick. It was very anti-establishment. Um, you know, now everyone wears a hat. And thinks they're part of the establishment. And I won't go any further because I don't discuss politics on here. Except in a musical instance. Because you have musicians who would sneak the politics into the songs. Jefferson Airplane, one of them. The Doors, another. The Rolling Stones, okay. But, yeah. That that really is the real deal, to be a musician. And um, this is this is from twenty four years ago. Grace Slick on Roseanne's short lived talk show. Okay, yeah, it was a, a sort of a day thing, and I hit on him. He didn't hit on me, and it was so cute. The, the guy who's the manager for Airplane just called me and left a message uh, yesterday on the phone because he read this book and I said well I was hitting on Jim and I said well if you ever want to call me up again and he never did and all that kind of stuff so my manager felt sorry for me he said do you remember when we were playing the forum in LA he said Jim was just watching you for about a half an hour he said he was really interested in you I think my manager felt sorry for me I hit on him and guys how'd you hit on him though well, you just go over no. to the door and knock on it. You him. went to his door. Yeah. and I You knock on his door. For, for some reason, I did the secret knock. We, the group, Airplane, had to knock uh, specifically. It was the beginning one of our songs so that you know that it was another member of the group. 
Oh. Now, he wouldn't have known that knock. Right. And I was so nervous that I did this knock like he was going to know. Did you know what was going to happen when he opened the door? Not really. Wishing? Not really. I mean, I could Did you go over there with the intent of getting on him is what I'm asking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but How see, cool is at that? that time, though, I mean, he could have opened the door and had like three people in bed. I mean, I didn't even right. know what was going to happen. So what did happen? So there weren't three people in bed. So he opens the door and yeah. what? And, and then and you just go, hi, Jim. What did you, you say? I was really nervous. Hi. And he, he's kind of like he is, which is occasionally real distant. He, can, he has his own world as well as talking to you. In other words, he'll be talking to you, but you can see him filtering it through his own kind of a thought process, whatever that is. And it makes him seem distant, mm -hmm. um, but he's always he's watching. He's got like a life going he's on He's always in his watching, head. observing, and uh, paying attention. But you can see that there's some stuff. Why are you avoiding my question? <laughs> I want to know, you know, come on. Yeah, he was good. Wow. <laughs> How cool is that? See, I can... <laughs> I knew he would be, because he was a babe. Yeah, he well, is. There was like, in, in your book, there was like a whole plate of strawberries that you guys... Well, now, see, that got, that was just the title of a chapter. That oh. wasn't part of, that was just being bad, like kids... Uh, oh, ruined. you're just making messes? That's just ruining hotel Oh, that wasn't room. like the sexual... No, it wasn't like, everybody thought it was like nine and a half weeks, oh. but it wasn't. It wasn't like I'm rubbing strawberries on you or anything. That was just, let's smear up the bed and be bad. That's really boring, isn't it? It's not that boring. With Jim Morrison, are you kidding? That's not boring. Well, the strawberry part not what well, didn't get very as interesting as you would have liked. <laughs> well, tell me, who else did you do it with? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. I Every, mean, everybody in my band except Marty. Huh? Everybody in my band except Marty. Wait, we have to we have to go to commercial, and I want to hear all about that. I mouth that song in front of a mirror in my bedroom. You have like the greatest voice of all time. It's just awesome. It's loud. It's a great voice. You're gonna be 60 years old. I mean, what's yeah? In about a year, I'll be 60. That? Uh, I mean, first I, of all, I'm not really beautiful. crazy about that. You know, <laughs> I mean, people say, oh, well, you have to. Don't you like yourself? And with age, you get wiser. Yeah, but you look awful. I mean, uh, <laughs> You know, and I go by mirrors, I was telling Roseanne earlier, you go by mirrors and you're sort of used to it, the way you look, and I'll go over to wipe something off my face, I think it's food or something, and it's this thing that's growing. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like you watch yourself disintegrate, uh, basically, is what you're doing. So I'm, I'm thinking about like some heavy spiritual stuff, like Buddhists, you know, studying death as release and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and it still, I still don't like it. <laughs> Well, we're going to also play a little game here. Okay. One of our favorite games, and this one's called Me or Grace. 
So she asked all of the uh, alumni of Finch College to this tea at the White House. And my name when I was there was Grace Wing. So I got the invitation in the mail and said, Grace Wing, you're invited to a tea at the White House. And I went, oh, they don't know who they've invited. <laughs> and I thought, who'd like to go really badly to the White House? A guy could look like my husband or boyfriend or something. Abby Hoffman. And, uh, wow. So we tried to straighten him out because he had like a huge afro. Right. And we put grease all over it, kind of flatten it down, put a suit on him. He looked like a hitman for the mafia when we got through with it. <laughs> you know, so uh, we went up to the security gate and we were almost in. And the security guy said, no, you can't go in. I said, oh, but I have an invitation. He said, no, you're a security risk. Why, not, how, why did he say that? That's what I asked him. I said, no, I'm not. I'm a singer. Um, I'm not a security risk. Were you risk. like looking like a singer? Well, I looked. I, look, I had on a mini skirt and some boots, and Abby looked like a hitman, but otherwise we were kind of normal. <laughs> you know. But th that's no reason to say you're a security risk. I mean, you know. So but what, tell us why you felt you were I was a on the FBI risk. list. You I, were? Yeah, but I don't, I, to this day, I don't know why. I guess it's the lyrics. Because I hadn't been arrested or anything at the time. But so didn't I, you figure that you did have the LSD in your... Yeah, well, see, they were right. I was a security risk because I had about 600 mics of LSD in my pocket. And, um, for those of you who don't know, the formal tees, you stand. So, like, Richard Nixon would have been standing. You meet the president, and I'm an entertainer, and I gesture a lot. And I have very little of it uh, can fit. I mean, a lot of it can get you nuts. Fits under your little fingernails, so you yeah. gesture over his cup. And then he gets from here to there. But, like... Way back then in the 60s, you probably thought that was like something you were doing pro-peace, right? No, we just thought we were messing around with his head. <laughs> I 
I mean, you know, there are people who have reviewed this book and they're sort of annoyed that I wasn't more serious and all that kind of stuff. But I was not a member. I mean, I wasn't the head of the SDS. I was a rock and roll singer. Right. And we just. And LSD was legal when you took yeah, it, wasn't it? Yeah. They How didn't, weird is that? They didn't know. So uh, it takes a while for it to kick in. And we thought we'd go back to the uh, hotel room and just imagine what was going on in the White House. <laughs> So you never did get in? No, and five minutes after we left, I learned this, like, just within the last year, um, Pat Nixon, uh, Richard's wife, and their daughter said, oh, no, 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 go get them. We want them oh, here. And I, sweet. oh, we could have gotten in, Roseanne. It would have been so much fun. The world would have been a more colorful place. No, but now here, <laughs> no, because here's the deal. It's like, we, as you've all read, the guy, even on the Natch with no drugs, used to walk around talking to the pictures and the walls in the White House. So they probably well, we wouldn't don't have know if he didn't. We don't know if he was drug-free. He might have had, like, some of them antidepressant Well, he probably had prescription drugs. Well, that's what I mean. Did you know? No, you have to tell me about... You got it on with Jim Morrison. You have to tell me... We already heard that. We already heard that. But I wanted to play the Nixon, where she talked about that, where she almost got in. Almost got in. But, you know, now, when we know, we know about Nixon, he was talking to the paintings... He was probably already on something. I mean, he made Elvis in charge of drug, you know, being a drug czar. And Elvis was already on his drugs. So, yeah, Grace Slick, 83 years old. I mean, my God. And, and in that Ellen, Ellen, oops, and in that Roseanne clip, she still has black hair, brown hair. Now her hair is completely white. She really is the white rabbit here and um that's why i wanted to talk about her i mean she's a you know she's an interesting character and for her to lament about the 60s and tell it like it is and to still be here and to be able to say that she lived through the 60s <laughs> and also the music the music is just it's legendary from White Rabbit to today to somebody to love to volunteers to that. I love that song, Martha, because that video they did, I think, a really silly video for the Smothers Brothers hour in the 60s. Um, even the Smothers Brothers, you know, right there, anti-establishment. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast in a nutshell, basically honoring and celebrating the life of Miss Grace Slick, who uh, is 83 years old today, and um, that's pretty that's pretty trippy when an icon from the hippie era is 83. I mean, Paul McCartney turned 80 this year. Ringo Starr has been 80 since, jeez, uh, uh, I think he was it 1940 or 39. He's close in age to to Grace Slick, but to have this female icon of that era, 83 years old, is pretty awesome. And um, she's still kicking. And and in uh, her Hollywood star, you heard how she almost died. And, but she's one lucky bitch. She really is. And the music of Jefferson Airplane has been in Platoon. It's been on The Simpsons. It's been all over the place. And so this is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I mean, if you watch a film or a TV show, you're going to hear Jefferson Airplane. 
That is the spirit of the 60s. And fuck Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so as always, as always, thank you, Grace Slick, for being our white rabbit on Pleasant Dreams. Thank you.